Welcome to episode 236 of Live Happy Now. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us. If you're even a casual listener of our show, you probably know that we love gratitude. So when we learned about the book, The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness One Letter of Gratitude at a Time, we knew we had to talk about it on the show. And what better time to talk about it than right before Thanksgiving? Nancy Davis Coe is a freelance writer, podcast host, and author of The Thank You Project. She talked to me about how the project started, what it taught her, and why each of us can benefit from writing thank you letters. Nancy, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you so much, Paul. I'm really glad to be here. I appreciate the invitation to join you. We're glad to have you here. This is such a great topic because we are huge gratitude nerds here. Mm. So your book fits right in with the things we love talking about. And I wondered, first of all, if you have always had an interest in gratitude or if it's something that you cultivated recently. I have not. I mean, I considered myself a grateful enough person. I grew, I was somebody who grew up in a household where you wrote thank you notes or you didn't get to play with the thing or use the thing. So I had, I would say I had pretty good hab- gratitude habits, but the way that these gratitude letters evolved really changed the way I think about it. I think, uh, you know, writing a performative thank you on somebody's Facebook wall or writing Dear X, I liked the gift. Thank you for sending to me is very different from what I'm talking about in the thank you project, which are take a little bit more work and a little bit more consideration. So I think I have become a, a an aficionado of gratitude. I stumbled into it and now I realize, you know, how magical it is to think about it in a, in a deliberate way. It really is. And you chose to practice it through letter writing And can you explain what made you decide to start this and a little bit, I guess just a little bit of background on on how you came to this. It was the end of 2015 and I'm a 1966 baby. So I knew 2016 was going to be, you know, the golden jubilee year as I started telling people (laughs) I'm going to, I basically can get away with anything I want. It's my golden jubilee year, just like the queen. But I was pretty reflective because I'd seen a lot of friends lose their parents and I, you know, I'd seen a lot of friends go through divorce and I just felt very very lucky. I just had, I just really understood in a pretty deep way that I was a fortunate person at the end of 2015. My parents were around, my husband and I had been married almost 25 years at that point. We had two healthy kids. And so I felt moved to write thank you letters to the people who had helped me to get to that point because I knew, you know, I have not gotten to where I am in my life all on my own. I've really had a lot of help along the way. And it just seemed like a appropriate way to celebrate this milestone birthday. So I decided I would write one gratitude letter each week to somebody who had helped or shaped or inspired me up until that point. And, you know, starting with friends and family. And I figured after I get through that list, I'll figure out who else gets one of these letters. So as often happens, when you think everything's going great, suddenly things will not be going so great. You can't Surprise. Oh, oh, universe, you heard what I said, did you? So it ended up being a pretty rough year, personally, and also, I think, for everybody, because it was the 2016 presidential election, and the anxiety levels were high for everyone who I knew, at least. And it turned out that every week I would sit down to write my letter. I I got in a habit of doing it on Friday afternoons after work was done. And I could just feel my shoulders settle. And I could feel this sense of warmth and, and really connection and joy in writing these letters. Because what I was doing was documenting the way one person in my life had been there for me. And I think at a time when 
I felt it would have been easy to feel alone, to feel disconnected and to feel worried. I was every week telling myself, you've got people, you are, you're, you're fine. You, you know, you're facing hard things, but you've faced hard things before and you're writing about them in these letters. So it was a really unexpectedly powerful way to, I kind of, I guess, I guess really gain perspective and get into to more of a, a gratitude habit that year. And so I didn't mail all the letters, the, you know, as the letters piled up, I started thinking, well, if you think about who helped <laughs> or shaped or inspired you, it's not necessarily people I'm still in touch with. So some of the letters I wrote and didn't send, but it really just got me into this mindset of, okay, you know, you're okay. Everything's going to be fine. And you have so much to be grateful for. And it seems like that would be an incredible reset every week. Mm-hmm. And even knowing going into it, say by Thursday, was your mind starting to go to this next letter and some of the things that you appreciated? Oh, well, I mean, that was the cool thing. That's what I loved about doing the book versus writing the actual letters, because it was three years later that I started writing this book, which is all about how you two listeners or readers can undertake your own happiness or gratitude letter project. And I wanted it to be grounded in science, which is why I was so thrilled to be invited onto your podcast, TBH, because <laughs> I got to dig into all of this research on gratitude and happiness and forgiveness, which was something I didn't see coming, that how those things are all interrelated and you know the quantification of why those things work so well together. And some of your past guests on the show show were instrumental either in my reading or my interviews with them in understanding why this worked. So what I found out, um, and this was uh, something that I learned in talking to Dr. Christine Carter uh, from the Greater Good Science Center, is that basically, if you take the time to think a really authentic gratitude thought, you know, if you take the time to think deeply about why you appreciate somebody, your parasympathetic nervous system gets triggered, and it calms you down. And it is like a reset button for being mad that you were stuck in traffic or worrying about your bills or all these other things. Just thinking deeply about gratitude and appreciation around somebody specific can act really as a way to reset that parasympathetic nervous system. And and the, the amazing thing, and I tried to say this throughout the book, that happens whether or not you write a word on a piece of paper. I am a proponent for writing it down because of other reasons, which maybe we'll get to in the discussion. But even just thinking these thoughts is a really effective way to get back to center, to feel less distressed. And so that to me was really magical is that I could spend a whole week thinking about the person whose letter I was going to write the following Friday. And just thinking about it every day was its own little mini reset. And there's research out there that shows that even doing it less than once a week, the feelings can last for up to a month. It's crazy. I interviewed a woman because I also wanted to have other people's experiences. I was concerned at the beginning that maybe I was a gratitude super taster. You know, I just like, (laughs) maybe I felt it more than other people. and I didn't want to suggest something that wouldn't work. So, you know, besides talking to the researchers to make sure that what I was experiencing was real, I talked to a few other people who had also done gratitude, thank you letter writing projects of some shape or fashion. And there was one who did a hundred letters in a hundred days, which to me was, that was unbelievable. I know, <laughs> but she loved it. She said, I don't know if I could have gotten the benefits if I hadn't done it, what she called gratitude, if I hadn't gone into it in such a gratitude on steroids way. 
So for her, it was, that was the right pace. And again, I say throughout the book, you do you, whatever works for you. But I thought it was reassuring to hear that even if you do one a month, you are still getting the benefits because that's how long lasting, that's how durable the feelings of happiness can be that are tied to gratitude. And then there's the benefit that added bonus of if you do mail the letter and that person receives it, you know, there's an appreciation that they have. And one thing I really liked you said in your book, that like you did not mail it with expectation. This was your project. So if you didn't hear back from them, that was no thing. So, right. so how did that feel though, when people did receive it, like your dad framed it, you know, how can you talk about some of the responses you got and what it meant to them and to your relationships? Yeah, I did. I decided nobody, nobody asked me for a thank you letter. So it is not fair for me to say, well, I can't believe they didn't write me back or say something. Right. So I knew that going in. However, every single person to whom I mailed the letters, there were a few I didn't send, but every person who got a letter from me acknowledged it in some way. And it might've been just a text, a really lovely text that they sent all the way up to my dad who framed it and put it over his desk, which was the I sweetest love thing. that. Yeah. You know? And I got letters back in some cases. So it makes me it made me feel great. I was so pleased that they felt appreciated. That was the whole point. And so it was wonderful to get notes back. I mean, I, I include one in the book. I wrote my obstetrician who is a really skilled physician and super busy. She's one of the top OBs in San Francisco. And I can tell you sometime what it's like going across the Bay Bridge in labor. If anybody ever <laughs> wants to hear that story twice, not once, but twice, but she wrote me back and I couldn't believe it. Cause she's so, I mean, she's delivering babies all the time, but she said it meant so much to her to, to know that she'd made a difference and how much she appreciated hearing from it. And I thought, Oh my gosh, all these people out there, who do heroic things and nobody ever really takes the time to tell them how that impacts them down the line. Because if, if my kids weren't delivered safely, my life would look so different. Yeah. yeah. That's so. great. And that's one of the things that your book really helps us do is kind of open up the scope of who we think that we should thank. Because we tend to, you know, your, our family, our friends, we think about that. But you had some interesting categories. Let's talk about some of those unexpected categories that you found. Well, I advocate writing a letter to your first crush because somebody has to tell you where the on-off switch is. And I think <laughs> you should have fun with these letters. It's not meant to be a terrible homework assignment. And, it, you know, that's a fun one to write. Think about who was that person when you were, I don't know, 12, 11, I don't know how old you were, I'm not judging, who, <laughs> you know, made you think, oh my God. And I'm thinking about this one in particular because I'm doing uh, I'm doing a Thanksgiving episode. We're, we're taping this a little bit before Thanksgiving, but I'm doing an episode on my own podcast where I ask people to send in their stories of people to whom they were grateful. And I got a really long, detailed, lovely story about somebody who wrote a letter to, or somebody who was grateful to Sean Cassidy. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Sean, <laughs> I mean, the hair on Sean Cassidy. We should all be grateful to Sean Cassidy, but... She talked about how it was so instrumental to her as a writer because she writes YA, she writes young adult fiction, and she can go back and remember what it was like to be in seventh grade and to be in love with this, you know, object that's completely out of reach, but helps you kind of experiment with the early feelings of love. It's like a safe boyfriend or girlfriend who you never have to actually be in a room with. And 
it, that's developmentally really important. So that was a, you know, that's a fun letter to think about writing. And I talked about, you know, I wrote to my favorite author who's been dead for 200 years. She's not going to be able to read it, but I wanted to thank her. <laughs> and yeah, you, you know, as the scope gets bigger and bigger, it gets easier to think of who else. I would not be who I am without Jane Austen novels. I, I would not, I would not be Nancy Davis Co. without, you know, my deep abiding love of all things Jane Austen. So. That's so cool. And I think one thing that really comes through as in reading this book is you realize how fun it is. I mean, you, you really, it was for me experience. It it makes me want to do this and you make it really easy to do this. You start out with the chapter of lining up your letters. And first of all, you are a planner. I got to (laughs) say, because you had this thing figured out. So can you just kind of uh, walk us through how someone does start this while they're waiting for your book to arrive? Sure. Well, you know, I did spend 15 years doing strategic planning and international product marketing. So finally came home to it. It all came together with the writing. So there's basically three steps. There's, I call it see, say, and savor. So the first thing is to make a list of people that you think you might want to write to, but don't sweat it. Just brainstorm a list and then stop because more people will come in. People may fall off the list, but And I recommend picking friends and family first because you've got a lot of material there. And these are probably people who would love to get a letter from you. So it's better to start with the easy ones first, where you know you're going to write a letter that's positive. You're going to give it to them. Those are fun to write. They're fun to to gift to somebody. And so that's kind of where I started. The, The saying part is just really thinking deeply about how they've impacted you. So we have a million, you know, I can think of friendships I've had for literally 50 years. There was somebody I wrote to who I've known for 50 years and which is weird because I'm 30, but, um, <laughs> those are retro things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, and that kind of forces you to think about what specifically did they bring into your life? How specifically did they shape them? And then what, the one thing I say in the book, like if you had a phone, a friend, what kind of problem would you call them for? What's the piece of advice you would go to them for? And it was an interesting exercise in just when it came to my friendships to think about, Oh, this is the person I go to when I want to talk about career problems, but this is the person I go to when I have, when I need parenting advice. And you know, and it was a little bit, like a nice inventory of what your relationships are made up of. So, you know, I tried to really challenge myself to be specific and to give examples. And, you know, this is just the writer and may use as much specific detail as you can, because you are so nice. That's, that's a great thing to hear, but it doesn't really mean much. If you say, you know, when my parent died, you came and sat with me in silence for two hours. And that was exactly what I needed. Or you once changed my tire for me in a rainstorm. And that's how I got to a job interview. You know, there's lots of things we can do there. We still have plenty more to learn from Nancy Davis Co. about writing thank you letters. And we'll be back with her in 60 seconds. But first, we wanted to take a quick break to talk to you about a great new partner that can make your holiday season happier, healthier, and even easier. Do I have your attention? While you're trying to keep up with the busy season from Thanksgiving to New Year, Sizzlefish.com is here to take some of the headache out of your holidays. Not only do they have an amazing selection of top quality seafood, but they'll deliver it right to your door. One of my favorite things about Sizzlefish.com is that all of their fish is all natural and responsibly sourced, which means I know every time I order my seafood, I'm getting a product that doesn't just taste good, it's truly good for me, and it's good for the planet. 
So whether you want to sample some different types of fish, sign up for a subscription box, or even buy some holiday samplers as gifts, shipping is always fast and always free. So there's nothing fishy about that. If you are interested in this great tasting, healthy fish and seafood, check out sizzlefish.com. And as an exclusive deal for being a listener, you can use the discount code HAPPY for 10% off your first order. That's discount code HAPPY for 10% off your first order. Now, let's hear more from today's guest, Nancy Davis Coe, and the third step to creating your plan for writing thank you letters. And then the third part of it is what I call savor, which means you keep a letter of every letter you write, you know, mailed or not, you keep a copy of what you wrote and then put them all together because at the end of this process, you're going to have what is basically an instruction manual to you about how you came to be and it to go back and reread these letters and just to have the physical heft of a stack of letters in your hands is very powerful. It is a visual reminder that you are not alone, that you have been helped, that you have surrounded yourself. You've had the good taste to surround yourself with interesting, helpful people or to learn lessons from the negative ones who are in your life who you might write to. Um, and that's, and that I think is really powerful. That was one of the things I did not expect. I mean, I guess I thought I would keep copies of the letters, but you know, the day I, I sent it to a little copy shop and I have this bound thing that I still three years later, I flip through it all the time. It's really nice to reread those letters. That's very cool. And it does serve as such a powerful reminder of how fortunate you've been. Right. And one thing I found incredibly interesting and would not have thought of is that you also were writing thank you letters to people you might be estranged from. Mm -hmm. And we normally don't think of that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, you know, if, once I got pretty good at this rubric of who has helped shaped or inspired me, I knew there were some ex-boyfriends who had been really important to me at the time that I was with them, even if I wasn't with them anymore. I knew there was a former high school friend who I had become estranged from, but I wanted to acknowledge. And those letters I really loved writing because it was a chance to reframe the narrative that had gotten that would, could potentially have gotten kind of negative. You know, you look back at an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend and you think, oh, my God, what was I thinking at the time? You know, <laughs> but if you look at it, well, you know, maybe that person was really generous with their compliments to you at a time where your self-esteem was in the crapper. And, you know, that was what you needed from them at the time. And they gave that to you. Well, that's something to acknowledge. You don't have to send that letter. But I think it's a way to look back at yourself with some empathy at these past relationships and say, well, I wasn't a dummy for, you know, being friends with that person, because here's what I got out of it at the time. And it over, you know, at some point, it no longer worked and wasn't healthy for me or just wasn't going to go forward. But it's meaningful to take time and kind of reframe that story and look back at yourself and the other person with what is hopefully forgiveness and affection rather than just resentment. And, and again, and I say in the book, like there are people in your life who may really truly have been bad. You don't need to thank everybody, <laughs> but maybe <laughs> there are, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, there's probably some ex-boyfriends or girlfriends who really do deserve the big X, but you know, if you can look back at those relationships with a little bit of, forgiveness and tenderness towards both parties, you may find yourself a little bit happier going forward. 
That's excellent advice. And, you know, and when we talk about writing a letter, how long does your letter need to be? Well, Paula, everybody gets to make their own rules. I am not the boss of you. In my case, yeah, don't listen to me. I will tell you what I did. I made mine one typed page. I can't handwrite anymore because I've been sitting at a computer for 25 years and you you cannot even read. Like I handwrote my signature and I prayed people could read that. Um, (laughs) So I did one typed page and I you know, that meant some editing. It meant making some choices about what I included. You can do whatever feels good. The the trick is find the thing that you, you actually want to write every week, find the length that you actually would look forward. If two pages feels like the right amount and gets you excited about writing, then do two pages. If, if half, if half a page is all you can bang out, that is a great half a page. That's terrific. Now, do, do you have a favorite or is it like children and you can't, oh, you have one, but you can't tell anyone? <laughs> I, I think my favorite, I'll tell you the one I probably cackled the most as I was writing. It really was the letter to Jane Austen. Like I was hooting and hollering in my office as I wrote that one, just because <laughs> I thought, well, I have to explain some things to her because she doesn't know what 20, 2016 is like. So I just entertain myself no end trying to explain to her what movies are and think because I had to thank her for all the the reasons she gave us to see people like Colin Firth in breech pants you know thank you Mrs. Austin that was a gift so anyway that was probably the most fun to write but no I it, it they all played their part every letter played its part that's terrific so I I can't let you go without talking about the playlists because that's a great part of this book and I Absolutely loved it. And first of all, you and I have very similar musical interests, so um, we can talk offline. Uh, But yeah, tell us about the playlists that are included in the book. Well, I have both a blog and a podcast with the word mixtape in them, you know, so as you can tell, I'm one of those people who, you know, thinks in song lyrics, and it never occurs to me to not, you know, answer your question in song lyrics. But um I just as I started writing, I kept thinking of songs that reminded me of this person that I was writing about or this category of people that I was writing about. So I said to my editor, is it okay if I include playlists? Because I don't know how to not do that, frankly. And she was like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. So what I loved is they got an illustrator who I don't know if she's a Gen Xer, but she knew how to draw. She knew how to draw a cassette tape. The cassette tape illustrations in the book, I think, are top notch. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I had fun putting the playlist together and they're all up on Spotify now. I put them I put my college daughter to work this summer. She put all my playlists together. So if you go to Davis Co. on Spotify, you can hear the playlists from the book. But as any mixtape maven would know, I was editing the playlist almost more than I was editing the books. They would give it back to me for another (laughs) round. And I was like, I could, these will never be done. You know, there's always great songs that come out that are just the right one. And it's, you know, at some point the editor was like, you need to stop with the edits on the playlist. So (laughs) I, so they are there for you. They are imperfect. I'm just going to say it now. They are never finished. That's terrific. What we'll do is on our webpage, we'll make sure we include a link to your Spotify so they can enjoy those playlists. So you've given us so much to think about with uh, gratitude and writing letters. What do you have coming up next? Well, what I would love for this to lead to is, you know, a chance to do some hands-on thank you project workshops. I would love to be working with whether it's student groups or corporate groups or 
the civic groups, because I think just getting together with folks and helping them understand how to write that first letter and how to put together that list of recipients. My goal is for people to read the book and really want to have a head of steam to get started. And I would love to be able to do some workshops where we really do actually work on writing the letters because it gets easier. Once you get the first one done, the second one's easier and, and so on. So, yeah, I'm hoping that 2020 has me meeting in person with folks and, and helping spread the thank you letter project, helping spread the thank you letters further and further afield. That's terrific. Well, when that's up and running, make sure you let us know and we'll tweet that out. Awesome. And all right. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for joining us today. This is a fun book. It's an educational book, but not in a stodgy kind of way at all. And there's playlists. So playlists. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for having me on, Paul. I really enjoyed talking with you. All right. Thank you. That was Nancy Davis Coe, author of The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness One Letter of Gratitude at a Time. To learn more about Nancy, her new book, and of course, those fabulous playlists we talked about, please visit us at livehappynow.com and we'll give you links and more information. We hope you're already a subscriber to Live Happy Now, but if you're not, you can find us on the Pandora Podcast Network, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Just look for us on your favorite platform and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. That is all we have time for this week. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.